1: Welcome to Sustainable Success. Well, hope everyone's having a great week. It's the first week of November. Again, I don't know if uh, any of you who uh, went out to vote, but this is the week of voting. So hope, again, that the candidate that you're looking to win wins for you in your region, wherever you are. Again, if you're new to Sustainable Success, welcome to the Voice America Influencers Channel and welcome to Sustainable Success. We also encourage... Our new listeners to also check us out on our Facebook page at Sustainable Success 2017. That's Sustainable Success 2017. And the reason why we have it that way, because that's when we started the show. So again, feel free to check us out there. We, We can listen to many of our great guests that we have had over the years, sharing their words of wisdom and insight to help scale your personal life and business to the next level. And again, here we provide cutting edge information, things that you can actually practically use in any given situation to help move your business forward and your personal life. We look at life and business as one. For those uh, also that will be planning for 2022, again, feel free to reach out to us here at Sustainable Success at Chris at ChristopherSalem.com. We'll be uh, setting up appointments to help navigate your plans heading into 2022, either both personally or and for your business Uh, Anybody who has a current business plan would be happy to look it over, provide some feedback and reviews, and help you to revise it if required. Feel free to reach out to us again at at ChristopherSalem.com. we got a great show with you today, and before we do, we want to give a word from our sponsor, Alumni Direct. They're a new social media community platform dedicated to bringing people together, uh, not only through your college, or alma mater, but also if this is going in a fraternity, a sorority, perhaps a company you used to work for that is now uh, out of business. This is a great way to not only reconnect, but to meet new people from different generations that you went to school and a great opportunity where you can perhaps land your next job opportunity, business partner, or collaboration. Feel free to check them out at alumnidirect.com. That's alumnidirect.com. And today's show, we're going to talk about how a beaver saved my life. Yes, a how a beaver saved my life. And we're going to be talking to Gary Barnes. And before I introduce Gary, Gary is the breakthrough business mastery coach, a high-performance business and sales strategist, popular national and international speaker, over a thousand talks, and an award-winning and number one international Amazon best-selling author. He has credited to his uh, name right now, 10 books. Gary, uh, Gary's clients have spanned over nine countries and has been published by many outlets, including the Boston Globe, LA Daily News, CBS Money Watch, and Worth Magazine. He has been featured on ABC, CBS, NBC, Fox, PBS, and is a TEDx speaker. He is the founder of Gary Barnes International and has created several companies personally, selling over $280 million in products and services. He understands dealing with adversity. In 1988, Gary was told that he would be in a wheelchair or dead within 10 years. He also loves adventure and has completed a world-class 40-foot firewalk, flown a World War II P-51 fighter. I love that. Flown on a trapeze, driven a, in a destruction derby. His car was the Purple Passion. Completed a 70-foot bungee jump and climbed 14,000-foot mountains. He's also a drummer and a Police Academy graduate. And without further ado, we welcome Gary Barnes to the show. Gary, how are you doing?
2: You know, I'm doing really well. You know, when I hear that bio at times, I get really tired.
1: <laughs> well, hey, it's a great bio, and you are you have so much experience, Gary, and I've gotten to meet you in person before at uh, Leah Woodford's uh, events, uh, SmartFem, and You're just a great guy and a great, great businessman, and we're so blessed to have you here uh, today uh, on Sustainable Success. So, you know, the title speaks volumes. How a Beaver Saved My Life. So, people are asking, "What is this Beaver? Who is this Beaver? Is this some kind of character that was in a movie? You know, what type of thing?" But we'd love to hear about, you know, you know, resiliency here, and you definitely have a story of resiliency. And I figured we open up with that before we get into some of the things that you help you know, individuals and companies in terms of business and helping them to grow based upon, you know, establishing that foundation with your story?
2: Sure. Well, you know, first, Chris, thank you for the opportunity to be here. It, it's really uh, an honor. And, you know, how I Beaver beside my life, it, it was a, uh, a unique time in my life because I had built one of the largest financial planning firms in the country as a solo producer in the top 3% and right in the middle of that in 1988 so yes it was over 30 years ago um i was shoveling the four-letter word here in colorado Uh, being a californian native it was still something new to me and it's called snow (laughs) I, 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 i mean i i still we're in that time of year that everybody is bracing for that first snow but the first snow is usually that really wet and heavy snow here in Colorado. And so I went out, I started shoveling, and by the third shovelful, I felt a sharp pain in my right hand. And I I felt like, oh, golly, I, I pulled a muscle, I wasn't really, you know, that active at that moment. And, you know, it was, you know, strenuous exercise. And so I chose to ignore it. And by the time I was done, that pain in my right palm had traveled to or turned into numbness that had gone up my right arm across my chest and down to my feet. I was totally numb from the neck down. And my wife, fortunately, was uh, worked. She was in mental management at a local hospital here. Uh, but do you think I told her anything about this? Uh, no. <laughs> and um, So I just went to bed just totally, uh, you know, feeling like I had just pulled a muscle and get a good night's rest. And the next day, I'd be fine. So I woke up the next day, did what I now call, you know, checking the uh, inventory, you know, does this work? Does that work? And it felt a little funny, but I thought I would test and I jumped out of bed and fell flat on my nose. I had nothing. And my wife normally would have been out of bed before me. But this day, she was you know, still in bed. And she looked down at me and said, what are you doing? And before I get emails, I got to tell you, I do the housework, or the housework, I do the vacuuming. And I looked up to uh, her and just said, I'm checking that, you know, the," (laughs) and I had to confess. And so within an hour, I saw my uh, primary care doctor, he looked at me and said, you know, I, oh, golly, uh, there is nothing I'm going to be able to do for you. I'm going, well, there's always got something. Give me a pill. Do do something. He says, no, uh, golly, I hate to tell you, but you're going to go see the man upstairs. And I went, you, what? What? you got to be kidding me. Yeah, there's got to be something. He goes, oh, oh, I'm sorry. You're going to go see the neurologist on the second floor.
1: Oh, okay. There you go. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, you know,
2: docs are, you know, they have this weird sense of humor at times. Uh, so I went up to the doc. And long story short, he said he was going to uh, send me to a brand new uh, test that had just come out. And this was the weekend of Thanksgiving. And I said, with all due respect, Doc, can't we wait afterwards the, the after the holidays? And he said no. And he said it was such force. I said, what are you looking for? Because what he was sending me to was a, the brand new MRI. It was going to be in the back of an 18-wheeler tractor trailer. At midnight on Thanksgiving weekend, and I said, "Well, what are you looking for?" And he goes, "Well, you got three choices: either MS, brain cancer, or a brain uh, cancer or a brain tumor." And I looked at him. I honestly say I'd like door number four. And he goes, "Well, go home and don't worry about it." I went and had the MRI, and anybody that's had an MRI they know they're so much fun. And Sunday evening came around, and the phone rang. And it was the doctor. And he says, I want to see you and your wife in my my office tomorrow morning. You know, it's my day off, but this is important. And I go, well, what did you find? He goes, don't worry about it. And so the well, longest night in my life. So again, long story short, showed up at the doctor's office. And he took an hour to tell me everything it wasn't. And I said, oh, come on, just be honest with me. What is it? And he said, well, you know, you still have three choices, but they're all the same. You have MS, MS. Or MS. And I looked at him and I said, Fantastic. To me, it was a life sentence. And I said, What are we going to do? And he goes, Well, you don't understand. There is nothing. We can do steroids, but I played football in school and I knew I didn't want steroids. And, you know, it, it was just go home and within 10 years, you will be in a wheelchair or dead. And my kids were seven and nine. I didn't like that. And so I went home and over the next few nights, I kept thinking about, okay, if they have no solution, what is it that I can do? What is it that I can think about? And I knew about Norman Cousins, where he had put himself into uh, remission with lapse therapy. I knew about the old video game a Pac-Man, where it would come and eat up the, the bad cancer cells. But those didn't really make any sense to me with this. And uh, for everyone listening, and for you, Chris, I don't know if you've ever had Something like this happened, and everybody starts sending you every piece of literature, books, everything. Yes. And you start just going, no, I don't want to know. But I knew enough to where the, the coverings around the nerves dissolve for some reason. So I'm laying in bed, and all of a sudden I see an image of a beaver, and I'm going, a beaver. The the animal that I've always related to is a eagle, a beaver. <laughs> it's a rodent. And I looked at him, and you can tell I'm a little bit creative, but I looked at him, and he came over, turned around, took his tail, and started patching up the myelin sheet. And I went, oh, okay. And all the while, this is while I'm still numb. I lost the ability to walk, to write. I, I It was like, I don't have time for this. I have a very big practice. I have I, I have things to do. It was not on my schedule. And so uh, I stayed in that, that, that process. He came back the next night, the next night, and I started feeling guilty because, you know, uh what I did was I created and expanded the visualization to where there was three shifts of beavers working around the clock. I had workmen, payroll offices, you know, just everybody just doing one thing, just patching up the myland sheep. And then that guilt kicked in and I uh created parks and schools and shopping centers and all, all this stuff for the beavers. But I would stay in this visualization for two to two and a half hours a night. Again, totally numb for the neck down. About six to eight months later, I started getting a little bit of feeling back. And, you know, about five years later, I had a friend in the insurance industry that asked, uh, you don't act normal. And I go, yeah, people tell me that a lot. And he said, would you go have another MRI? I did. And the the new neurologist had the film of the first and the second uh, MRI. And it showed that 95% of the lesions, the scar tissue on my brain were no longer there. And he looked at me and he said, well, this is impossible. You still have. And the important thing out of this story was I have never said I have, I've never owned it. I've always said I was diagnosed with, which mm. meant it was somebody else's opinion, but I still dealt with the outcome or the the consequences of having no feelings in my hands. I have fallen off two stages. I I, I throw clickers. I, You know, it it just, and there's certain things I don't do anymore just because I don't have the sensory perception. But the thing is, I'm on what I call now bonus time because I am 20 plus years past the time they said I wouldn't even be here. And so the idea of the beaver came up and what ended up happening is I I sold the financial planning practice and uh, Joe Vitale picked up my story and he put me in one of his books and so it started going, and so I finally wrote the book. I hate writing, by the way. I, it, it, it,
1: well, I, you, you and I—I'm not—I'm not a writer, even though I wrote. We wrote international best-selling books. It was—it it, was—it was, it was, it took three times as long than the average writer. <laughs>
2: uh, it, 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 well, I ended up speaking it. I used Dragon, professionally speaking, and that's the yeah. only way—the voice actuated software—and so. You know, what I ended up doing is wrote a book called Into the Night, The Road from Adversity to Triumph. And I was speaking and, you know, the book was being purchased and a woman that heard me speak, bought the book, about two weeks later, showed sent me a box and inside that box was Big Buddy Beaver. It's a three and a half foot tall beaver. And from that point on, Big Buddy has had a persona within the whole story. But it, it is one of those things that the, the Bieber part of it was, I, I think the real message is, even though I was in the, the, the middle of adversity, and I wrote the book as an adversity book, not as a MS book, because, yeah. you know, whatever. But we have adversity in personal, we have adversity in finances, in business, you know, just everything. And so I wrote it in a way so anybody could get that benefit out of my experience by what I did, not what I was part of at that moment. Now they could, but not necessarily. So Big Buddy Beaver has a presence now as a, you know, actual persona out there. And so it's a lot of fun. He's become a real person.
1: Wow. That's fabulous. I mean, so it explains the Beaver. I mean, this is great. I mean, you, I mean, everything that you, you know, you went through this period Gary, I mean, there was probably a lot of fear and, and I definitely will expand upon this a little bit more as we head into the second segment, because we're going to be going to break here in a few minutes. But I mean, what was that feeling like? Like you, you, I love the fact that you said that you never, you never admitted that you had it. You, you, you admitted that you were diagnosed, yeah. but didn't, that, that, that this wasn't going to own you and consume you. Can you expand on that, that, that adversity that you were dealing with and the resilience, what that state of mind of resilience that you had throughout this process?
2: Well, fortunately, in my early life, I had really been taught and had an association with Jim Rohn and some of the other, you know, magnificent minds of the mindset area, what we call mindset today. And I just knew that my kids, I wanted to see them grow up. I went past the adversity. I went past what I was dealing with to a point beyond it. It was like when you're in a storm, you look for the end of the storm where the rainbow is. But I had no guarantee. But I knew that if I had bought into what the doctor said, I knew what my end result was going to be. And so I invested myself into that future. Now that I, I know that there was fear, but the the biggest thing was that feeling of loss. And I remember laying in bed one night realizing that I would never feel the skin of my wife the same way ever again. But the next thought was, well, but I'm here and it's enough and so starting to take an inventory of what i did have what was available to me what could i do and not dwell on what i couldn't do anymore
1: mm-hmm. well what the message that i'm hearing and i and i love what you just said is that and this could be applied to anything that we're going through in life in business or both you know it's a process right we're going to have we're going to have difficult times life changing events and there's going to be things we can control, and there's going to be the things that we can't control. And and as human beings, we get caught up a lot in the things we can't control versus what we can. And this is why we worry, why we feel stressed, why we have anxiety, why we feel overwhelmed, we feel angry, and so on. Um, I love the fact, if you want to sum up your, your perspective on that, we have about less than a minute to the break. I would love to hear your perspective on that.
2: You know, what you just said is so true. And if the, the listeners don't get anything else. We have been taught to focus on results, but I know that the only thing I can control is my attitude and my activity. Mm-hmm. And when I focus on that, the results will come, but if they're not the results I want, they can do what I call launch and adjust, come up to the 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 podium and make a different decision to get a different result. But yeah. again, I had no guarantee, but it was the action that I was counting on because i could control that
1: there you go i love you you embrace the process and again let the results be a byproduct you you adapted to the situation uh to own what you control in that we got more to come with uh, gary barnes and how a beaver saved my life we i uh, gotta go to break but we'll be right back
0: possible for you in your life and business. Join us at the next level. Visit ChristopherSalem.com.
2: Change starts here. Change starts now. Join us. The Voice America Influencers Channel.
0: You are listening to Sustainable Success with Chris Salem. Call into our program today at 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or send an email to Chris at ChristopherSalem.com. Now, back to Sustainable Success.
1: Welcome back to Sustainable Success. We're here with Gary Barnes. We're talking about how a beaver saved my life. Again, we highly encourage you, those that just joining us to check out this show later today in its entirety, there is, uh, have to hear Gary's story because it really sets the foundation to everything that is being discussed here. And this is not only about, you know, to adversity, but also resilience and how we can get through, embrace any challenge and find the blessings disguised in those challenges and setbacks. This is a must listen story that, that you have to hear. So Gary, you know, you went through this, that period where, you know, you had that, you had, you were diagnosed with MS and, you know, and you were told that, you know, these were the potential results of, and the time frame that, you know, that you would have with this particular condition. And you made a really great point about that. You never looked at it as that you have this, but you, you were diagnosed with this. Talk about some of the things that you took away from this experience as you began to heal yourself from within and 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 basically apply this into other areas in your life but also into your business that you can share with the listeners
2: sure you know one of the things that the uh, you know, the word that you just used how I healed myself and I get asked that question a lot how did you heal yourself and I don't believe I did. I believe I rewired myself. Mm. That's why I have the, the sensation that the human body has an amazing ability to transition and to do things that we don't even think it is possible to do. And just like in any adversity, again, what we talked about at the end of the last segment is what can we control? What is it that I can do? And my normal nature is to use humor. And my kids used to say, Daddy, do the finger trick. And that's where you put your finger on your nose. And so I would do my finger and it would come up to my forehead or come into my ear or I'd feed my ear or I'd throw my spoon or whatever. And they thought it was funny. So I just really had a, you know, a good time with it, actually. And so the the adjustments, the, the possibilities of what it gave me in connection, human connection, and like you, we we travel a lot, and one of the things that was really you know challenging for me was even buttoning my buttons on my my shirts, and so I wasn't able to do it. And so I'd go into a hotel, and tell the the hotel front desk staff, "This is my situation. Would somebody be able to to help me?" And when I would go back to the hotel subsequent times, they would start arguing who gets to help Gary. So I would get adopted. And so I didn't see it as a disability. I saw it as part of the story. And, you know, what I really appreciated by when we shared the stage together last year was that, you know, we don't see ourselves as the message. We see ourselves as the subject. And so what can I use out of this that would have an appropriate benefit for those that are going through a situation? And I think one of the things that um, I really keyed in was the belief that everything has a, is temporary. Everything has movement. There is an end to everything. Now, it could have been the end that I would not be here talking to you on the show today. But I had those alternatives that could happen. And I just chose to have the faith that if I did the activity, that I would be here and productive as long as I could be. I've said for years that, you know, if I had the choice of quality or quantity, I would take quality, but I want both. But It's it, it just, you know, it's not just breathing another 365 is the goal. It's about having an impact.
1: Yeah, that's so true. I mean, like you said, I mean, you know, hey, we want to live a full life, but it's really about the quality of life. You know, the, what we've The things that we were able to do, the challenges that we overcome, the difference and the impact that we help to make, you know, and help somebody else do the same. You know, it's not about the accolades and the credentials and, you know, it's about that, hey, those were great things that were necessary for us to do certain things that were able to help another human being or people to do the same for themselves. So uh, I think that that's wonderful because I can honestly say in my past, I had certain health things that I had to overcome and other adversities that I look back now that I used to thought that, what? Well, why did this happen to me? Why did I have to go through this? And that was the victim mentality again again, and getting caught up in the control I couldn't control. Now looking at it as blessings, like, you know, I'm, I'm grateful for this. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be here sharing this story. I wouldn't be here impacting and helping people if I hadn't gone through this experience. Can you elaborate further on that? You know, that it shows that how, how have you been able to help others in whatever aspect that would be?
2: Well, you know the the difference also is between when you're dealing with someone. You know, you and I talk to a lot of different or a lot of different people in different circumstances and different cultures, and so there's a difference between sympathy and empathy. Mm-hmm. So, sympathy, I'm really you know sorry that you're going through this, but never having the experience myself. Empathy is saying I've been in your shoes. I totally understand, and it's okay. We may not have the answers, but there is something about walking with someone that has gone through the fire and came out on the other end. And when people hear my bio, when they hear me speak, they see my story, read my books, coach with me, whatever it is. The main thing I want them to take away is that it's not that Gary is so special. It's that Gary is the kid next door. Gary, if Gary can do it, I can do it. I I want that, you know, we don't need the pedestal. You know, I tell people, don't put me on a pedestal. It really hurts when I fall off. You know, we're just people. And when we really give people permission to engage and to embrace who they are, what they're going through, and see the benefits of what it is that they're going through, it makes the journey a little bit easier at times. But one of my garyisms is life is a solo journey troubled with many. And when we understand that we have the opportunity and the privilege of Helping other people take that next step on their journey, then we, it's like having our kids. I, I call to talk about my clients as being just like my kids, and when they succeed or even do bigger and better things than I have ever done, I'm as proud as a, a parent could ever be. And when when we get our ego out of it and know that it's it's not about us, we're, we're part of the the picture but we're not the picture. And I think when we go through things like this, it humbles us to a point where we're actually able to see, you know, if it's something of mortality, uh, if it's something of losing finances, starting over again, whatever it may be, it's a humbling effect. And when we go through it, it's just part of the story. And when we can share that story in a genuine fact, fact, factual basis, then People can take the nuggets out of that and apply it to their situation, whatever it is.
1: Well, I, lo- I love what you just said there, Gary. I mean, you know, again, you know, you, you went through this experience and there are going to be people that can relate to that. Maybe they had a similar experience. Now some people may not have gone exactly with what you did, but, but they had their own situation and now they can look at your process. It's not that they're like copying your process verbatim, but taking certain things that they can relate to their situation and find their own process. Would that be safe to say if that way I heard that?
2: Absolutely. And you know, the other thing that I I really find as a deterrent to most people is a couple of beliefs. And one is that they don't deserve. And two, they don't have permission to speak or be seen. Mm -hmm. And so when you have those two in combination and then you have adversity you have a tendency to want to hide and not showcase who you really are. In fact, one of my friends, and in fact, you know him, Tony Wiley, yeah. uh, put out a post today and on Facebook talking about when you talk to other business people and you say, "How is it going?" and they say, "Oh, it's wonderful," whatever. And in fact, they're bleeding money and they they they're wondering how they're going to make payroll or whatever. Yes. Why not be genuine? Why not? just ge- We've all been there. We've all.
0: Exactly. <laughs>
2: you know, it just, in fact, there was a, a, a book years ago I wrote, I read that there was a, a story about um, architects and contractors that got together at a very high level and they would get together in like a mastermind and they would go around the room as they started every session with the biggest blunder, the biggest mistake that they ever had. And so they went around the room and they got to the newest member who was a younger guy. And he, his turn came up, and he said, uh, well, golly, guys, I, I've got to say, everything I've done has really worked out. It's turned to gold. I, I haven't had anything like that. And the oldest members turned to him and said, if you don't have a rock to place on the table, you do not have a seat at the table. Mm. And so, when we honor what we have done, if we continue to make the same mistake, if we continue in the the mire and the muck and our identity, this goes back to the identity. You know, if we say, "Oh, this, you know, this is everything's happening to me." We have, you know, the pandemic, we have political, well, the weather, whatever it is. Yes, any excuse will do. You know, it just if you really want out of a situation you can either lay down and let the boulder roll over you or make an adjustment and you know it's totally it goes back to a choice it's focusing on what you can choose to whatever activity you're doing
1: no i agree i mean and and that took me a long time to figure out even when even when i went through some of my own health issues back in uh my mid mid to late 20s i remember going through that i you know i I still didn't learn at that time. I did, but I didn't. And it was uh, it was uh, not until I you know I hit that one period when it actually happened to my father when my father was dying of of lung cancer. That's when the light bulb went off. And then again, it's different for different people. Sometimes, again, it's a timing thing that that thing goes off, and we all have our our those periods. What were some of the things that you know that you can share, Gary, from that experience and everything you've learned and how you apply this every day in business, how you apply this in your life. And, and you know, again, life is going to be a roller coaster ride. And, you know, we either are going to choose to go on the ride or or we're going to, choo- you know, choose to find how we can really be in harmony, you know, and talk about that from your perspective and, and, and how, you know, those that are listening that have been struggling with uncertainty, stress, uh, feeling overwhelmed, that type of thing.
2: I think one of the things we could all do, and we probably would benefit doing it more often, is take in inventory what we are grateful for, what we do have. We have a tendency, again, to look at what we don't have. And what do we do have? What do we have as possibilities that could turn into probabilities? And particularly in business, because in business, we have a tendency to look at things as more black and white. Uh, did I make a sale? I, I remember you know, some of the transactions that we did, it was like, well, that was great, but how are we going to pull the, rabbit out of the hat next time? Was it just luck or was it something that we actually could duplicate? And so when we started looking at what the assets that we do have and having permission to say, I need help, that I have these needs, I have these abilities, and who can I coordinate with? I truly believe that, you know, we went from the agrarian society to the industrial age. And then from the industrial age, we went into the information age. And I think we have entered over the last 10, oh, maybe 15 years into what I call the age of community. We're mm-hmm. almost going back to the agrarian society to where the communities are coming together. It's not the lone wolf. The The lone wolf is, dying, is the dying breed. It's how can we collaborate? What is it that we can do? In fact, I was moderating... At a conference last weekend, and what they wanted me to talk about was how to collaborate with other business owners, entrepreneurs, and sales professionals. And I, I, I kind of shook up the, the the table because I said, "Okay, what is collaboration to you?" And everybody pretty much came up with the same answer: it's where I help you and you help me. I said, "Well, I, I have a little different view. My idea of collaboration is." how can I help you without an agenda of anything in return? And so if we really believe in a law of reciprocation, it's not going to be necessarily directly from the person that we help. Yeah, it's, not going to be, you know, it's because of the community. It's about what we do. We were talking about that right before the show today, is I have a firm belief I'm here to help support you and to expose you to a community. And you said that was the same thing for me. And so, but we don't have that as an agenda to have that come back. Yeah. We allow it to release without an agenda. And when you do that, I truly believe that we become what I call safe and you are able to, you know, become a people magnet. People are not used to that. And when you're able to not deprecate yourself, but to be honest and show that, you know, we're, we put on our pants the same way and, you know, it, it just helps people to say they understand. And when people say they understand, they're going to tell you their side of the story. So we're going to be able to facilitate whatever the solution is, whether it's from us, by the way, or someone we know, which is majority of the case, because of our sphere of influence. We have people that we can put in their connect into connection with them, and to me, that's what the community is about. And you know, going through these experiences is that I, I had a loving wife, and she put up with all the things that. You know, we went through on that. Then she ended up in bed for nine years with Epstein Barr, chronic fatigue, and uh, uh, fibromyalgia. Nine years crawling up the stairs in bed, and so we haven't had a a, a fairy tale, you know, life. Yeah, we've had fairy tale endings. Yes, and the the end chapter hasn't been written yet. My wife spent 21 of 31 days this last August in the hospital with COVID. You know, and she's fine now. Do I, you know, she's on a little bit of oxygen. But the thing is, we came through it, and one of her clients, she's a psychotherapist, had asked, were we worried about her? Were, were we thinking that she wasn't going to make it? And she asked me, she said, did you have that feeling? I went, no, I was wondering when you were going to get out. <laughs> you know, And, you know, it's, again, where we focus our, our attitude and our – well, which also says where we're going to focus our activity.
1: Yeah, that's so true. I love – and that gets right back to the the attitude, Gary, what you talked about earlier, what we can control, right we control our our action, but we can control our attitude and even even with your situation with your wife when she was dealing with the covid and some of the things that went along with that, you know you saw that hey, you know she's gonna get through this and she's gonna come out ahead, and that you know again, giving up you can't control covid you can't control her circumstances, you can just you can just control your attitude and that you're seeing the, good, the goodness in, in this. We have about a minute to our next break. Anything that you would love to summarize or anything that you want to add in, like the icing, you know, the, 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 the icing on the cake, so to speak, that you want to solidify with what you shared uh, in this segment?
2: You, you know, there's a country song that just popped in my head. Uh, I'm not sure the actual title, but one of the verses is, when you're going through hell, keep on walking. You know, it's about not necessarily going at warp speed because going slower sometimes means you're going to be able to go faster later on. Yeah. When we stopped dead in our tracks, I had had an experience with a person that was on the landing of Omaha Beach during D-Day. And he said, golly, there were people dying all around me. And I knew that if I stopped, I would die. But if I go forward, I had two choices. I could either live or I could die. So I chose to move forward, and he mm. did survive. But again, this is all without guarantees. It's keep
1: on walking. Keep on walking. I love that. So everybody, make a note of that. Keep on walking. You're going through a difficult period. You're going through a difficult situation, whether if it's personal and or both in your business. Just put one step in front of the other. I know when I spent uh, when I I, sur- I struggled with twelve years of addiction, Gary, and I was in an AA program way back in the day. And they would always say, when your feet hit the floor, just take one step forward at a time. And that's all you could do. And again, it's not, again, that how fast you go. It's that you keep moving forward. So uh, thank you for sharing that. We got to go to break, everyone. But we got more to come with uh, Gary Barnes and How a Beaver Saved My Life. And we'll be right back after the break.
2: This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired.
0: You are listening to Sustainable Success with Chris Salem. Call into our program today at 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or send an email to Chris at ChristopherSalem.com. Now... Back to Sustainable Success.
1: Welcome back to Sustainable Success. If you're just joining us again, we're here with Gary Barnes, uh, How a Beaver Saved My Life. We highly encourage you to listen to this show in its entirety here later today at the Voice of American Influencers Channel or at our Facebook page, Sustainable Success 2017. Also on Apple Podcast. Again, there is just some great words of wisdom that Gary had shared, not only from his story but things that we can do to apply in our everyday lives. So, Gary, you know everything you've shared. You've shared so many great things that have just been not only inspiring, but really provide kind of like a vision of where we can take adversity, whatever that may be, to you, and how we can apply that and adapt and apply that uh, moving forward, trusting that process, that you know, controlling what we can. What you had shared earlier. Let's talk about like using this in a business sense, like. There are people that you know have dealt with the issues of COVID and a lot of times they're still caught up in the COVID. If it wasn't for COVID, my business wouldn't be where it's at. Talk about how that these adversities, things that are beyond our control, how we can then begin to think differently and begin to apply begin to see the blessings and things that we maybe have typically would overlook and how we can turn those into opportunities.
2: Well, that's a great, you know, segue and yeah. you know the it really boils down to actually a brand new talk that I'm doing uh, the first time is tomorrow
1: night at an Oh, event. beautiful uh,
2: but it's called the power of one mm. and as I started thinking about all the things that we've gone through in building businesses the adversities everything it all stemmed down to one decision then you make another decision another decision with the, the addiction that you went through it was multiple decisions every single day, but each decision actually stood on its own. Mm-hmm. And so breaking it down, Tony Robbins talks about chunking. And we have a tendency to think, okay, I'm going to make a million dollars this year. Okay, okay, what are you going to do now? What, what's that first thing? What is that first step? And the the beautiful thing about that is we can all make that decision, but it's not a one and done. And out of the, the whole process, I really synthesized the... Success in business or, you know, actually in life. Um, so this can be applied in anything. There's, it comes down to three things. One is to be seen. And this is probably the hardest thing for people. You know, you and I speak just because that's who we are, what we do, where we're out there. And But I tell people, you know, I, like you mentioned in my bio, I've given over 1,000 talks. I've been on TV, radio, whatever. But I am nervous before every single program. And people say, well, why is that? You know, I said, well, to me, it's a sign that I'm ready. But more importantly, it's a sign that I'm giving myself permission to be vulnerable. Mm -hmm. And if we're the best kept secret, if we're out there, because people want to, you know, there's that old saying they want to do business with people they know, like, and trust. But if they don't know you, then I say, why are you hiding in plain sight? Mm -hmm. And to just show up, you don't have to be me, you don't have to be you, you don't have to be Tony Robbins or Jim Rohn or anybody else out there that you look up to. It's about being uniquely you, because your unique client will see you as their perfect solution. And that's the real unique thing. People ask me, "How, how do I find more clients? How do I find that perfect client? You seem to, you know, do this automatically. I use the analogy, how do you find a needle in the haystack? And people will say, get a magnet or whatever. I go, yeah, but you got to get pretty close to that needle for that magnet to work. And my answer is get rid of the hay. That's the fastest way to find a needle. And so if we show up in genuineness, and most people hate to be sold. So I've eliminated that word. It's about sharing, showcasing who we are, what we are to enough people in the aggregate that your perfect client sees you as their possible solution so that they start gravitating to you. I was doing, holding one of my masterminds for my personal clients a couple of weeks ago and they were saying, you know, but they were asking that same question. I went, aren't you listening to me? <laughs> and, and, and I said, okay, how many of you here at the table are here because I sought you out and how many of you are here because you sought me out? 100% of the people sought me out. And all of a sudden, they started getting it because this goes back to the what we were talking about in the other segment. What can I control? I can only control my activity. Once I per- give myself permission to be seen, then it doesn't matter if I flub up. You know, I, I, you, the joke is if you haven't made a mistake while you're speaking, do one on purpose. I never have to worry about that because I always trip over my tongue somewhere. <laughs> yeah, it's just that's being human.
1: Being human.
2: Yeah. So when we're out there telling our story, telling our our process, whatever it is that we're we're sharing, if it's within our core, then on the spur of the moment, we could do an hour show like you and I have no notes in front of us, we're we're we're, we're not following a script. We have no idea where we're going. Hopefully, <laughs> I, I didn't just tell a secret so people say, "Well, now I made sense. I'm kind of wandering all over. But the thing is, once you give yourself permission to be seen, magic happens. And part of that, I mentioned at the last segment too, that something that we have is I don't deserve and I'm not good enough. We started having that thinking we're a poser, that we're.
1: Yes, imposter syndrome. Yeah.
2: Imposter syndrome is alive and well. But if you are claiming, see, here's a question I ask people if you're not owning who you are, aren't you already being an imposter? Hmm. And so. Exactly. Be out there, be genuine, be you. But then the second step is to be safe. And to be safe is, to me, doing whatever we do without an agenda. When I talk to people and they finally, for once, have somebody that really wants to hear their story, it's a magical thing because they start telling me things that I don't even want to know. I've had uh, probably 70% or plus of my clients are female and they'll tell me they go. We don't know why I'm saying this, and they keep on talking. And I go, I don't know either. And you know, I just but it tells me at that point I have become safe enough because I have no agenda, and I'm really listening to them. That they are feeling that they can come closer. They can actually share with what they are dealing with. What is it that they want to achieve in their life, in their business, whatever that looks like. And then the the third step is to be relevant. And to me, being relevant is not having a product or service that is needed, but is also desired. Because if it's just you saying it's something that you need, people will have a tendency to really back off from it. Um, in the health communities, when I speak with them, I say, do Americans want to be healthy? And they go, yes. I go, well, if they want to be healthy, why is Americans' favorite restaurant McDonald's? What do Americans really want? Fast, cheap, and taste good. And I said, when do Americans want to be healthy? When they're sick. And so that doesn't mean stop doing what you're doing, but we have to show a transition, what I call from a so what to a so that. That's exactly what I did with the MS diagnosis. It's a, doing what they said, doing, dealing with all of the symptoms and all the things that I went through was really a so what by doing what I did, by going through the tenacity of going through the visualization every night for two, two and a half hours, without any guarantee, I was transitioning to a so that, because I also created a vision of my 100th birthday where I'm skydiving. You know, if George Bush can do it, I can do it. And, you know, at that age, hey, you know, and we film everything, you know, just like the P51, and I go, hey, If things go wrong, you can use it at my eulogy. If it goes right, I can use it in a a program. Mm -hmm. And so, but either way, I don't want to merely exist. I want to live life. By using these three (coughs) elements, you can apply those truly in your life, in relationships, in whatever it is that we're dealing with. And because being seen is also saying, hey, I need help. Being safe is saying, I'm willing to help you without anything in return and being relevant is looking at what we have and is it the right product, the right timing, the right process of engagement. And when we start asking these questions, we become sticky. People really want to be around this. And people will ask me, you know, how did you build your tribe? I go, I showed up. I go, yeah. my tribe chose me, I didn't choose the tribe. <laughs> and they're going, well, they're your people. I go, I don't own them, no, this is a free society. But it's an honor and a privilege when people want to be with you. And it, to me, that's what it's all about, is making a difference and to empower, but not my power to them and helping them connect the power that's already within them. And that sounds woo-woo for a business guy. Yeah. When we embrace both sides, we can come together as a whole person. And um, the journey becomes a whole lot more easy, easy and a lot more fun.
1: No, I love it. You, what I mean, you know, you embrace the process, Gary. It's evident, and you basically, in my opinion, you describe the enrollment process. You know, it's not about telling people how, when, or why to do something. It, it's it's about it's about again, you know, empowering people to draw their own conclusion. What that means to him, So these are the people that sought you out because they saw you as real. They saw you as genuine. Somebody who can be vulnerable someone that wasn't telling, you know, showing them, telling them what to do, but hey, here's my story. Here's my experience. Hey, now you get to decide what this means to you. And if you have to be a little directive here and there, you can do that. But nonetheless, that they're making the decision to jump in with two feet to work with you. And that's evident what I got from your message. And I think that to me is enrollment. Those are the people that are going to do their part to have a better experience with your masterminds and the other things that you do with them.
2: You know, I had a client not too long ago ask me how to convert faster. Yeah. And I go, can I ask you a question? And when my client's hear, can I ask you a question? They know they're in trouble. And I said, are you asking me to how to get somebody to do what you want them to do when you want them to do it? And they go, oh, crud. I go, really? And he said, well, what, what's the real answer? I go, talk to more people, put more people in the phone. One of my most recent clients came to me and they told me seven years ago they were going to come on as a client. It took them seven years to finally in the last three months to say, I'm ready now. I had people that bought my home study course in 2010 that seven years later, a woman called me and said, could I get my login information? I'm ready to do the program. Our job is to get our process, our products, our books or whatever in their hands, but it's their job to tell me when they're ready to engage. And you know, again, I don't see our job is to convince and control and to overcome what it is that we want them to do, even when we see what it is that would really benefit them. People will say, and I'm guessing you've had this too, is that um, I wish I knew you five years ago. I Mm -hmm. go, no, you don't, you weren't ready.
0: You exactly.
2: Ready to do the work, you know, it just and that's one of my big criteria to work with people. Are you ready to get going?
1: Well, that's it. They, it is timing. People can look back in hindsight, but they weren't in that place. So they would have missed out on your process. They would have been blind, they still would have been blind or, or caught up in their excuses. And now they had to go through a little bit more of that to realize when the light bulb went off, oh, now I got to get out of my own crap. Well, who's responsible for that? Me. So, Gary, I'm now ready. That can you can maybe help me through the masterminds? How you, I can you know further now get it not only get out, but now what I can do to learn and grow from this and help somebody else down the road do the same. So, Absolutely. no, it's so great. I love I love what you shared here uh, with this information. We got about you know about two about, about less than two and a half minutes to the close of the show here. So, I wanted to leave this time. If there's anything you would like to share. Like, you know, where you are, what you're up to, what you'd like to uh, leave with the audience and then where people can get in contact with you to reach out more about your services and how you help others Absolutely. in their business.
2: I appreciate that. Uh, you know, one of the things that I have done over the years is I do boot camps and I were, was doing them multiple times a year. And in 2022, it's only going to be one and it's going to be in September of 2022. It's a three-day event here in Denver. I'm in Denver, but I have clients all over the country and in nine different countries. So it's really an international practice. Again, I'm a, a, a business coach that is a little bit different. But, you know, what I look for is how to get people to have an experience because I feel the truly that the first time that somebody engaged with, the, with any of us, they're doing what I call borrow belief. They're borrowing our belief in what we are saying that will benefit them. And so I created something called the uh, Breakthrough Business Mastery Q&A Mastermind. It's a live Q&A Zoom call that I do twice a month. And I'd like to give it to your listeners free uh, for 30 days. And all they need to do is to go to freegiftfromgary.com and they'll be included for 30 days. Uh, We do two Zooms a month. They're live. You can ask questions. Uh, it turns into a true mastermind because people around the world are there yep. listening to the questions and, you know, it just something that's really beneficial that way. But a direct email is just Gary at com, And I answer all of my personal emails.
1: Well, everybody, Gary, thank you so much. We highly encourage everyone that is listening live and those that will be listening later to take up Gary on this offer. This is a golden opportunity to get a kind of like a test drive with the mastermind for one month and to see what it can do for you and then the possibilities to moving forward. We highly encourage you to take advantage of this uh, complimentary offer through Gary. Gary's a great guy, reach out to him, get to know him. And again, Gary, thank you again for taking the time out of your busy schedule to be here with us today here at Sustainable Success. We thank you so much. And listeners, we love that you're here each and every week. We welcome all the new listeners that are here with us today. The show would not be here if it wasn't for you. And we are continued dedicated to providing people like Gary to come in each and every week to share their wisdom, to share their insights, and from a place of being genuine and authentic to help move your business and personal life to the next level. We are committed to your success, but we, nobody can do it for you. Only you can do it for yourself through the power of sharing and, and sharing those experiences. So till then... We want to wish everybody a great rest of your week, and we'll see you next Thursday here at 12 noon East Coast time, 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Have a great day, everyone.
0: Thank you for tuning in to Sustainable Success. Be sure to join Chris Salem and his guests every Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific time and 12 noon Eastern time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Have an incredible week.